Welcome to Love This Bitch, the podcast that teaches you how to love your life and accomplish your goals through self-compassion and self-coaching. Now here's your host, MBA and Master Certified Professional Life Coach, Lisa Ogleski. Hello, my loves. I almost called you my little sloths. I just opened a Christmas box from one of my friends and she always sends me a bunch of sloths things because I love sloths. It was super fun and I love my sloth gifts and I'm going to go and play with them (laughs) again after I record this. So anyways, I got sloths on the brain. I love sloths. I speaking of it being post Christmas, I mentioned in the last episode that I had recently went home for the holidays for a couple weeks, which I do pretty much every year. I've been doing that consistently, visiting my parents and my brother and my niece and my nephew, which I see a couple times a year also, but specifically have been spending, you know, a couple weeks at the end of the year, which is really nice. Time with family (laughs) also brought up a lot of things. And I've, you know, spoken on other episodes about family and even family over the holidays. And, you know, when I talk about how we have manuals for other people or how we should on other people, family type examples have come up. But I thought it would be a fun, interesting episode, at least for me, um, to talk a little bit about family since I've recently gone and, and spent an extended period of time with mine. And it is a full immersion in back into my family. I I stay at my parents' house that I grew up in. And one of the, it's a guest room now, but it was one of the rooms that I grew up in and stay in that room. You know, everything's kind of the same and, you know, sharing a bathroom that has limited hot water with my parents and not my brother because he has his own place now. He's older than me, but my niece, if she's there or my nephew, if he's there pretty much constantly with my niece, who's 12 and as I've mentioned before, I have a dog. I don't have, I have a fur baby. I don't have any human children, pretty much inseparable from her the whole time. And then my nephew kind of comes and goes. There are all kinds of different like family type circumstances that, that come up for me when I'm there. And it's interesting because at times I've done work and like thought work. And then when I spend time with my family, I see it and I see progress and it's great. And so I guess there are also times then that it's gotten to be where I don't even think about it. So when I got there, after like during the first three days, I was ill. I was ill as a honey badger. It was, I was just like, what is going on? Why am I so reactive? Why am I so ill about everything? I forget how different it is to constantly be around my family and how they act versus, you know, when I'm here and pretty much just do my work, I interact with people on a limited basis. I, you know, I interact with clients. Um, but then when I'm home, it's just me and Michael and Banana. And it's just a completely different system. <laughs> um, and there are some similarities, but it's, it's really different. And one of the things that is different is my family they sound like they're fighting a lot. Like there's a lot of like bickering 
you know, because they love each other and they're always around each other. They know when they're joking, even if it sounds like they're fighting. And there's a lot of that, the, the going back into the, the picking on people about everything and not necessarily following that with laughter or anything obvious. So after the first three days, I was just like, why are there so many comments about everything I do, everything I say, everything I eat, you know, why can't, why can't you eat this? Why can't you eat that? Uh, why can't you touch this? Because, you know, it's like it's a new thing um, that I have OCD. Like, why can't you touch this? Why can you touch that? Why, why this? Why that? Why are you doing this? <laughs> just constantly about everything. I just like, I don't understand why it's so important to you guys to talk about what I touch with my hands or what I eat, (laughs) what goes into my body. It was really interesting because my dad was like, well, we're just making conversation. It's you that's thinking, you know, of it in the other ways, meaning I was the one who was taking it as criticism that they were just looking for things to talk about. And my dad has moments like that where I'm just like, oh my gosh, my dad, the life coach. It shouldn't shock me because I think my dad's very wise and I learn a lot from him and especially how he handles a lot of situations that he's encountered in his life. Then again, he is a human being. And so I think that's the the part that surprises me is because I also know how he, how very connected to his own stories and thoughts he can be and very stubborn. That's where I get, I probably get my stubbornness from both of my parents, but (laughs) my dad is, can just be very, very adamant. He sticks behind his beliefs. I'm not criticizing him either. I'm just saying that when he has these amazing moments of that's all how you think about it and things are different that sometimes I'm just like, what? And my dad just life coached me (laughs) because I don't, you know, coach friends or family if they don't ask for it. But I've worked on him with a few things with like his interactions with mom and with my brother. So again, like I said, I know how very stuck to certain thoughts he can be. After that conversation, I felt much better because I was like, you know, I knew that beforehand, but I was just trying to just tell myself, you know better, you know better, right? I was doing what we all do. I was quashing my thoughts and feelings, not really looking at them and just trying to just be like, you're a life coach. Don't be annoyed by your family. You've you've done this. You've worked on this before. Move through it. And, you know, him actually saying it in a more thoughtful way helped me click, <laughs> click back into what I have learned and in, in my training and my personal work with my own thoughts. And I was like, you're right. That I mean, that's the way they interact for them. That form of conversation it seems like more of a debate type form to me than interest and curiosity. But that was my thought, right? You know, when I realized that it helped a lot, but then it was really interesting because it helped and I didn't really get as as frustrated the rest of the time there. But on one of the last nights there, my dad said something to me. He's, why are you talking with your hands? It's like your hands are connected to your mouth or something. (laughs) And I was like, okay, okay. So this is a good example now of how you can practice vulnerability with people that you have that connection with. I was like, okay, look, I know that it is my thoughts. I understand that. 
But what you just said, I'm seeing that, right? I'm explaining it to him. I know it's just my thoughts. I'm seeing that as a criticism. How are you intending it? And then, you know, he went into this explanation about he actually thought that I was punctuating my words well, he said, and that he, he gave examples of other people who, that I guess, that he watched on TV and things like that, that he thought that it was very distracting and he didn't know why they did that. So, you know, I didn't hear any compliment in that whatsoever, <laughs> but apparently that was his intentions and his thoughts. And I never, like I said, imagined any compliment in that or that he was actually looking for information on, I guess, trying to see why it is that it flowed and punctuated well for me, whereas he didn't think it did for some people. That's one of the things about family or, you know, that it's the same with with all people. We have our stories, but sometimes with family, because of the long standing relationship, right, the closeness, if we've lived with these people or we've shared a great chunk, a big chunk of our lives with them, we may feel more strongly. We may be more strongly connected to our stories about them such that we're like, no, this is this is fact, right? They criticize me. They, they always comment on everything. Those are my interpretations of my interactions with my family and their interactions with each other. But those are my thoughts. They were actually just trying to generate conversation. Some of it, my niece and nephew were doing it. They were a part of it. And they're 12 and 14. They were just growing up in a situation where they see, you know, joking and picking and asking questions when things are different the way that they were being asked as part of how you communicate and how the conversation goes about those things. They weren't given any thought into it. They weren't thinking how it sounds, how it could be interpreted, if it was critical. I don't know about my nephew. He's... <laughs> he's very interesting. He's developing quite the interesting personality. But I know, you know, for sure, my 12-year-old niece is not thinking to criticize me. Well, I'm saying this is my story about her, which is true. I do choose to think that based on the interactions I've had with her at this age, she doesn't really seem to, it just doesn't seem like something that would really cross her mind to do. And if she did, I think she would be pretty clear about it. And we have talked about, you know, some things like I realized that this is a family story, too, that comes up and creates for a lot of people perfectionism. But, you know, we've had some conversations and I've saw that when my niece has a certain skill or when she's learning something, I will jump into help mode, tip mode. This is how you do this. This is how you can do this. This is how you can make this better. And it's entirely coming from me seeing her potential and knowing that like, oh, I mean, she's just trying that she's just learning it. If she tweaks this, she'll be great. It's all actually accepting and exciting. But you can see, because I've worked with other clients, I've experienced this in my own life, how a child especially can take that as criticism. I'm not doing it good enough. I'm not doing it right. You know, I need to change this. I need to change that. And especially when it's in situations where you're just having fun, you know, like if I'm helping her with badminton, when we're just out in the yard playing badminton, maybe she just wants to play badminton, right? And what's interesting is sometimes how we act out behaviors that we've learned 
even if we didn't have a positive experience with them. Because I was the same way when I was young. I hated going bowling because the entire time people would be giving me bowling tips. And I have some hand-eye coordination issues. And also at that time in my life, I was this puny little thing and all the bowling balls were heavy to me, even the little ones. (laughs) And so getting every pieces of information together was just physically something that I needed to work on. People would give me all these tips and it was very rare after probably the first time that I was given a tip that I didn't already know and wasn't already working on. So it would be very frustrating. I was like, I just want to throw the ball at the pins, right? Like I do want to knock them down. I am working on it, but I don't want feedback on that every single time. I just want to have fun. So when that's the way I thought about it when I was little. And yet I do that to my niece sometimes now. But I'm glad that I am aware of that and that she is sometimes able to be like, hey, I'm just trying to have fun here. That's a good example of a lot of times I've worked with people and I've, like I said, I've experienced it in my own life. It's, you know, if their parents constantly gave them feedback on how to improve, that can sometimes be interpreted as not good enough. When really, you know, we don't know what the person's thinking. It could be like the way I think with my niece. I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's so good already. If she had this bit of information, this bit of outside instruction from something that she can't see, she'll be even better because she already, you know, is so good at it. It wasn't a criticism. It wasn't that she wasn't good enough. It was excitement at her capabilities and where I thought she could go. Again, you can see how that could be interpreted as, you know, what you've done here is not good enough. It could be better. And how that can create in people, you know, contribute to that perfectionist mind state where they're always feeling like something's not good enough and criticism is something that they really seek to avoid because it comes across as rejection instead of just someone's opinion, which they can use if it seems helpful to them to better, to grow, or they can discard if it doesn't seem helpful to them. You know, when you're seeking that value, that worth, that approval through that, it's, it's, it can be very, you know, difficult and painful and it can create these blocks in your life where you don't want to put things out there. You don't want to learn because you don't want the constant criticism and feedback that seems to you like affirmation that you can't do it and that you're a failure. These interactions with family are part of what builds to create, you know, parts of who we are as we go on in life. Now, it's not permanent. (laughs) As soon as we realize it's our thoughts, we can do the work on it. And a lot of people, even without realizing it's their thoughts, realize once they get to a certain age or a certain point in their life, it's like, hey, this is my own life. How do I want to think about this? How do I want to, you know, look at it? And, you know, we make those changes in those experiences or our interpretations of them or how we carry it forward in our lives. But I think it's important to remember, especially with family, and when we're so connected to those stories that we are all just individuals with different minds that work different ways, even if we grew up in that same environment, we can't assume or we can't believe these stories that we create about people and put them in these boxes and always be prepared. Like, oh, they're going to criticize me and I got to be defensive because we're going to look for that stuff. You are always going to look for them 
to fulfill these stories that you've created about them. If you think you're going to fight over the holidays, if you think they're going to get on your nerves, they're going to criticize you, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, you're going to be looking for that. You're going to be looking to interpret anything that'll fit into those categories as being that. Your brain, that's how it works. You've given it that goal and that's what it's going to look forward to. So, you know, allowing people, especially our family, especially if you're, you want to be close to them or if you love them and you have this connection with them and you're going to be spending time with them, right? Allowing them to be who they are without the judgment and the stories, experiencing them as much as you can with each interaction as a different person. Like it's a new day. They're, they're a new person. It's like a river, right? It does follow the same path, but you can't step in the exact same spot twice. That saying goes, but allow people to be like a river. Like what part of the river are you going to experience today? Be open to it and not locking them into those stories, you know, because I could say that my family is overly critical or critical, I allow myself to let go of that story. If I step out in vulnerability and have a conversation, mention something to my father, like I did, you know, I'm able to see more clearly in my own real life. Those are just my thoughts. That's not true. Even if they are critical of some things I do, that's coming from their own thoughts and their, you know, own experiences in their life. It's not about me. And it is a piece of understanding that I can have about them and how they interact with the world and with me. You know, I can learn something more about them instead of making it about me. Why are you criticizing me? Am I not good enough? What is your problem? What is your problem with me here? Instead of having those kind of thoughts, it can be more of a, hey, this is interesting. I wonder why they said this. And I can get to know them and connect with them even more. That was, you know, a really good part of this encounter with my family like even though I would rather have not been annoyed and you know had to have a refresher course myself on these things it was good to have that experience especially you know open and talking with my dad about it because I was able to see in real life in real time how my thoughts were affecting the interactions and the connections and the experiences that I was missing out on the way I was making myself feel because of how I was looking at it instead of being, you know, more open in what is going on and being curious and non-judgmental of myself. I was focusing too on my annoyance and like, I just shouldn't think that they're critical because there are other people. Like I was trying to just read the words or go through the, you know, this, I wasn't actually trying to apply it and really be open and see and listen and that's another really good point that i made a really good point (laughs) y'all but that's another important thing to point out because so many times when we we read books and we do studying and things people are like what's the difference between this course this book and working with a coach well the difference is talking to someone about how this actually applies in real life and having them work with you week after week consistently so that you're not just repeating things that you've learned that sound good, but you're actually applying them to your life as you live it and and seeing the benefit. Why are you annoyed with your family? You know, they're just being themselves. 
you know, they're just doing their thing. They don't mean anything by it. Like that's just me just trying to crush that feeling and move on and power through it still. It's not me actually getting curious with myself. Why am I reacting that way? And what are my thoughts? What are my judgments on myself and on them and my thoughts about what they're doing? So I didn't really dig into that. I didn't want to. Right? I didn't want to do the work. I just wanted to stop being annoyed. That's the difference. And it's something that I still experience in my life. It's part of the process. It's part of learning and growing. But if you know, you're not seeing that application at all in your life, then that's a time to reach out to a coach and someone that you can work with to help you apply things that you're like, that sounds really good. It sounds great. But how do I apply it? How do I actually take action on it and make changes in my life? So I hope you find that helpful, especially if, you know, you have struggles with shooting maybe on family members or stories about certain family members of your family or all of them. So I encourage you to start interacting with them with new eyes and seeing them differently or allowing them the freedom to be themselves without judgment and looking at those interactions differently and not just being prepared for the same old story to play out. And I hope that was helpful and I will talk to you again next week.